0: Listener Production.
1: There's been no post-Fed hangover for US stocks with Wall Street sharply higher overnight.
0: And Aussie shares expected to close the week higher on Friday with the Bank of Japan handing down its policy decision later today.
1: I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Friday, June 16. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update, Ryan. It's been a short week, but it has punched above its weight in terms of what it's delivered this week. I'm Quite surprised, almost to see the way that markets have taken all of this news in their stride. Be it at home with the stronger employment figures yesterday. We had the Fed decision yesterday. Softer Chinese growth numbers yesterday. Markets? European Central Bank overnight. Yeah,
0: yeah, been a treasure trove this week of economic data and policy meetings. Tom,
1: it's true. And if there is a refrain that is consistent from central banks, uh, regardless of whether or not they've done. Uh, anything to interest rates, they're still talking about higher rates down the track.
0: Exactly. And we heard from the European Central Bank, as I mentioned, the deposit facility rate was lifted to a 22-year high, 3.5% overnight, up by 25 basis points. And Madame, the was out. She's one of your favorites, isn't she, Tom? And she I said, wish she was my auntie. Your auntie. Okay. <laughs> Interesting Only because I will be a
1: good, um, good dinner time chap, you know, good- Chats at Christmas time. We're talking about rising borrowing costs. Just what you want at Christmas. Yeah. And how do you manage to team up those scarves so perfectly with your outfit? She's quite the fashion icon. She is. I think she's under celebrated. fashionister of
0: economists. Anyway, she said that barring a material change to our baseline, it is very likely the case that we'll continue to increase rates in July. So we've got inflation at around 6% in the Eurozone at the moment. The economy is in a recession, technically. So, it's a bit of a challenging backdrop for Europe at the
1: moment, and we saw that reaction in European shares. And another statement that she made was that the ECB hasn't even thought about pausing. So, that, I thought, was quite a conspicuous statement. But what I'm always uh, intrigued by, Ryan, is the broad spectrum discussion about recessions. Not all recessions are built the same. And one thing that is going to mark this moderation in global activity is the fact that it has come from a very strong position in terms of household balance sheets, in terms of uh, the employment scenario, in terms of, you know, at one moment not long ago, we were seeing very strong rates of growth. It's not the sort of recession that's going to have you terribly worried.
0: It's a mild recession in Europe at the moment, and it's really been dragged down by a contraction in the industrial powerhouse, Germany. But as you mentioned, Tom, unemployment is broadly around record lows. Rages growth has been picking up, even though it still lags inflation. So it does point to further rate hikes. Whether we get to anywhere near 5% in Europe is debatable and possibly unlikely.
1: That is, I think, part of the rub for the markets is that you, know, you keep seeing the ceiling or rates nudge higher. And we even saw that in the last day as far as our own experience is concerned. We may as well talk about that now. Um, those employment figures yesterday uh, were quite strong. Yes, um, they're volatile. Yes, they're backward looking. If you look at the average at the moment, the Australian economy is creating around 40,000 jobs per month. You've seen the unemployment rate very sticky at that three and a half range for, for quite a while. The RBA is now recalculating things, isn't it?
0: It is. And we await the monthly consumer price index at the end yep. of this month for the likely confirmation, really, of a July rate hike. And what we saw yesterday was a bumper number, Tom. There were 66,000. You saw a few 000. eyes
1: widen when that figure came across. It the dropped screen. on Bloomberg,
0: and I saw 76,000, and I had to look twice. So market forecasts were for around. 17,500 just before it dropped. And we saw the jobless rate edge back to near 50-year lows at 3.6%. The other thing to note was the workforce participation rate hit a record high of 66.9%. So we've got more people coming into the labour market from overseas, more people in the labour market looking for work, and full-time employment rebounded by 61,700 jobs in the month of May. So Really, what we did see was was a very strong outcome there, and the Reserve Bank is now in a bit of a pickle,
1: because we are such a calculation-driven people. You know, we think in terms of spreadsheets and very precise calculations. Sometimes this is as much like making a cake. You know, you chuck in your strong employment, you chuck in your strong participation rate, you chuck in the immigration picture and you mix it all up and it's not necessarily a precise answer it's just like where is this going to fall on the balance of probabilities and at the moment if you were thinking of the arrow being up sideways or down for inflation it's still pointing up it's pointing
0: up and wages are going up so we saw the minimum wage case we've got superannuation contributions lifting by 0.5 percent shortly and also payrolls tax are increasing in victoria so at the end of the day... More the more additions
1: to that cake mix. Pay
0: gains are out there. That's going to put some upward pressure on inflation more broadly and therefore interest rates.
1: Having said all that, market did reasonably well yesterday under the circumstances within that conversation. This morning, the futures are pointing to a gain of around four-tenths of a percent for the local share market. So that all probably um, under-celebrates what we saw on Wall Street where all three indices were up by more than a percent. Uh, 1.2 in the case of the S&P 500 and the nasdaq the dow jones uh helped by a better session where the energy stocks weren't under much as much pressure as the previous session uh the dow up by 1.3 percent at the conclusion of the day ryan i was surprised to see the drop in short and long-term interest rates to the extent that we saw last night so a 10-year government bond down by about eight basis points to 3.72%, and a two-year treasury note down by around five basis points to 4.65%. For humans listening and wondering what that all means, not the sort of environment that you would expect long and short-term interest rates to fall by that margin, given what we heard from Jay Powell last night when he was, um, or yesterday when he was talking about the need for higher rates.
0: It points to investors in the share market and the bond market moving in different directions at the moment. So. Clearly, in the bond market, there's expectations for a U.S. recession, and that was reflected in the pricing there. The other thing to note as well is we did get some economic data. I won't go into the minutiae of that. We did see stronger than expected retail spending in the United States in the month of May, up by 0.3%. But import prices fell in May, and the annual decrease was the sharpest in three years. So. Once again, we are seeing a bit of a deceleration in those price pressures in the US economy. So perhaps that did feed into the narrative overnight of a risk event as far as shares were concerned, but a bid for US Treasuries or, or safe haven bid for Indeed. those government bonds.
1: But, but just quickly for our newer listeners, just to unpack that very important point, you know, some of the ways that inflation can be generated within an economy, obviously, you know, when more people have money in their pocket, they'll go out and spend it. But the other very significant leakage to that picture is when you bring inflation into your economy from another place. And an import uh, is a great way of highlighting that. If you're having to pay more for something that is needed in your economy from another place, uh, that can be inflationary as well.
0: Well, there's always been a lot of talk about China exporting its inflation. And of course, Chinese inflation is anemic at the moment, so perhaps that's now feeding through to the rest of the world as far as China's economic situation. We saw its retail spending, industrial production and fixed asset investment all weaker than expected yesterday. And that's prompted calls for further stimulus. And we saw borrowing costs cut there yesterday.
1: Yeah, which is a fine line for the local market because of our sort of China-facing exposure. So on the one hand, you know, you think a moderation in activity is good because it's going to be... Uh, supportive for more growth initiatives. But if that growth doesn't emerge, then it's not great for our China-facing stocks. Well, certainly commodity prices have been under pressure until
0: recent weeks. So commodity prices are lifting, not on expectations for greater demand, more the fact that there's hopes for stimulus at the moment.
1: And a lot of forecasters are downgrading uh, their commodity prices at the moment. There's a bit of a disconnect between the way near-term prices are moving and the way that forecasts are going. But look, I just quickly wanted to touch on a couple of other things which suggest you know, that conditions more broadly in the US market and the economy are actually holding up quite nicely. So Lennar is one of the more significant builders of homes in the United States. And last night um, they spoke about improving orders. They had quite a positive outlook. They spoke about house prices bottoming. They haven't necessarily recovered, but that is a significant anecdote from such an important participant in the housing space. Delta Airlines reintroduced their dividend. Now, you don't do that when your outlook is uncertain. So there are a lot of things that are sort of positive at the margins at the moment, or perhaps less so. You know, An improvement like that in the housing space is not at the margins. That's very much front and centre.
0: Well, certainly supports households as far as the wealth effects concerned. And the job market is still broadly strong in the United States. But what it also points to is that the stock rally that's been driven by exuberance around artificial intelligence could be broadening. So yeah. we did see really that market breadth improve notably overnight and has done for the last few days. We've seen US shares up for around six consecutive sessions now. So we have seen the S&P 500 quite comfortably above that 4,400 level as well, and the NASDAQ 100 is above or at its highest level since March 2022. So it appears as though we have seen a a stabilisation to a rally in terms of what's going on at the moment,
1: Tom. Which in many quarters was unexpected. So quickly, let's just... uh Wrap it up, Ryan. We've got commodity prices doing quite well because of a moderation in the U.S. dollar. So all uh, prices, which have had a bumpy ride this week, up by around 3% in both the case of the U.S. and European benchmarks. Iron ore still hanging in there. Only a small improvement in the last day despite those weaker Chinese growth figures yesterday up 0.2% to $112.93 U.S. per tonne. Uh, gold not vastly changed at $1,970 U.S. per ounce.
0: And today, the Bank of Japan handing down its latest policy decision. We think that... Last cab off the rank. Last cab. It's likely to leave its policy settings unchanged. Inflation expectations are higher at the moment, but Labor cash earnings have not yet responded to the low unemployment rate. So no change there, but there'll be some discussion potentially about where they continue to anchor their policy rates around the 10-year government bond yield at 0%.
1: Indeed, and worth pointing out that the Aussie dollar has been on quite the charge higher following yesterday's better employment figures and indeed, you know, the most recent commentary from the RBA. So it's put on about a cent against the greenbacks and it's trading around 68.8 US cents. Ryan, have a great weekend.
0: You too, Tom. And you're going to beat the Gold Coast Suns this weekend, Carlton. (laughs) Surely you can win Uh, that one.
1: You would think. Fingers crossed. Go to baggers. Have a great weekend, everyone. This podcast is prepared, approved, and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 6006725439AFSL238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting, and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice
0: listener